Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural 2015 episode of 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alexander Chester. With here, as always, my co-host, Akiva Wienerker. So tell us, Akiva, a little bit about what this podcast is. I thought we were going to do 32 podcasts speaking to a fan of uh, each team once, and uh, we'll speak to one fan or a beat writer of uh, each team, and we'll have about a half-hour conversation and we'll, you know, we'll talk about the team, see how they think they're going to be doing. And, you know, if you listen to all of them, maybe you'll get a pretty good view of what's going on. You know, how each of the 32 teams feels going into the 2015 NFL season. Yeah, and usually this is the time of season when fans of every team is, are very optimistic. And to gauge that, one of the things that Kiva and I are going to do at the end of each episode is we'll run through the schedule for that team, do the uh, Mike and the Mad Dog Classic. We will ask each game, win or loss. And Akiva and I like to joke around about websites that do over-unders or do predictions, and if you add it up, the, the total that they have for the league is way over 500. And, and I'm quite confident that the fans we're going to speak to are going to be quite confident themselves, and we're going to have a uh, 32 fans in 32 days NFL season that's well over 500, which of course is impossible. But we'll track that and we'll see which fans are a little more realistic or even pessimistic and, and which fans are drinking the Kool-Aid uh, during the preseason here. We're happy that you're joining us. Uh, importantly, we would like to say that if you would like to join us as a guest for a future podcast, if you have strong opinions or connections or experience or anything else with a specific team in the NFL, please let Akiva know on Twitter. Akiva is Keev26, that's K-E-E-V-26 on Twitter. And also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Please rate the podcast on iTunes. It only takes a minute, but it will help us. And please tell your friends and family, anybody who's interested in the NFL. So the way that Akiva and I have scheduled the podcasts is we each made our preseason NFL power rankings from 1 to 32, and we're going to be starting at the 32nd ranked team and moving up to the first ranked team, and each day we'll come up with a podcast for the next team. And right at the start, Akiva and I had a disagreement between 32 and 31. We both agree that the two worst teams in the NFL, at least at this point in time, are in the AFC South. But I thought that Tennessee is the worst team in the league, whereas Akiva thought it's the Jaguars. So we decided that since they're both tied at 31 and a half, the opening podcast today will feature both the Jaguars and the Titans, so we will actually start with the Jaguars, for our purposes we'll officially rank as 32, and then we'll move on to the Titans at 31. And um, if you don't hear your team's podcast for a week or two, that's good news. It means that we uh, think highly of you. If you don't hear about them for three or four weeks, maybe you have a Super Bowl contender on your hands. But uh, we're glad that you're joining us today, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. We're starting today with the 32nd-ranked Jacksonville Jaguars, and joining us today is Jaguars fan Albin Brook. Albin, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. So thanks for being here. You're doing great, but apparently, according to Akiva and I, your team is not. Uh, the consensus ranking that we have is that the Jaguars, they were tied uh, with the Titans at 31 and a half, their divisional uh, <laughs> opponents. But uh, this is not a team that, that Akiva and I are very confident about going into the season. So tell us, why, you know, tell us what you're feeling going into the season. Tell us if we're wrong or, or if we're right. Sure. Um, I can say from the outside looking in, I wouldn't have a lot of optimism for the Jags either. Definitely have had five straight pretty terrible seasons. But um, really the consensus on the ground, I went to the Jags practice today, um, keep up with them a lot, and do they are going in the right direction. Um, everyone here has really loved everything from the top down, from Khan to the new GM, David Caldwell, coach Gus Bradley. Um, and we really feel like the team they're putting together is headed in the right direction. All right, well, you mentioned Gus Bradley i got to be perfectly honest, not a Jaguars fan. He strikes me as one of a handful of these interchangeable, bald, white guys with a goatee. You know, like, you know, like Petman. And, and, but, but, you know, it's his third season, and, and they went 4-12 and 3-13 and in the last two. So, so tell us what it is about Gus that's, uh, you know, look, that was an improvement on Malarkey. I think he went 2-14. and 14, But, uh, but, but, but tell, tell us what reason that, uh, that, that Jags fans have to be uh, confident in Gus Bradley this season. Yeah, I mean, you saw what he did with – the defense in Seattle, the scheme that he kind of built there, um, obviously did a great job. And if you watch this guy in some videos, he's the most energetic, the most confidence-building coach I've ever seen. And honestly, when Malarkey left, there wasn't a good thing to be said about him, um, from the sports writers to really any of the players. No one came out and said, man, you know, it just didn't work. Every Really, no one felt like he made the game fun. They felt like he made it into a chore. And Gus, if you see him on the field, he gets the fans pumped. He gets the team pumped. Um, he's just a really energetic, lovable guy. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it is funny because this is third year. And obviously you'd agree this is a make-or-break year, right? If they don't go at least seven and nine, you'd think it's gonna, probably going to be it for him, no? Um, I actually disagree. We, I 
talked to a couple guys who do a local radio show here, and the cons- I asked this exact question. I was like, look, what's the number that breaks it for Gus? And people are saying three. Three wins is the number wow. that he's leaving. And this is I why. I do that with my wife. You set the bar really low, and then you could jump right over it. Well, I'll tell you, I think Khan had to have known, and really, if you're watching the Jags, um, when we had Gabbert and Jones Drew was down, we were in basically a team of backups. You can go look at those drafts um, under Gene Smith, or old GM, and none of them are playing anymore. Almost everyone has moved on from those teams and is on is a backup or maybe a practice squad guy. I mean, we just had a dreadful team that honestly, we didn't deserve to win two or four games a couple of those years. Let's talk QB. Um, you know, I've been looking a lot at Bortles' numbers. I saw him play a bunch of times last year. Uh, you know, one thing people don't realize is he really uh, ran the ball very well. Um, but in terms of passing, I mean, the Jaguars, I guess because they were getting killed a lot, like they threw the ball all game long. Like he threw 30 passes a game last season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he has a game against the Texans where he throws 33 times for 117 yards. You know, he's got a game, uh, you know, 36 passes for under 200 yards against the Steelers. And he also got worse as the season went on. You know, yeah. unlike some other rookie QBs like Bridgewater. I mean, it seems Well, like... he stopped throwing interceptions, but his accuracy was, was bad and yeah. they, their, their yards per uh, completion or, and attempt were horrendous. Yeah, so there's a few things kind of working against him there. Um, once we, I'm sure you can see, no team gave up more sacks last year than the Jags. Um, there are a couple guys on the offensive line who have been replaced or at least are com- fighting for spots now who are kind of just turnstiles. We're just letting people in. And when you're playing against someone like J.J. Watt twice a year, um, you're going to give up some sacks. I think we gave up 10 sacks against the Washington Redskins. So, I mean, there were times where the offensive line just looked like Swiss cheese. Um, you know, we also had Ortles near the end of the year. Um, he admitted saying, you know, my conditioning, I wasn't used to throwing this much. And by the end of the year, he said he felt like he had a dead arm. Um, so there's been a lot of off season things trying to build his conditioning and also teach him better mechanics so that he can play better, um, through the end of the year. Well, you talked about the O line. I know they brought in, um, uh, Jeremy Parnell from the Cowboys, uh, who I think was back up there. And they, they brought in uh, Wisniewski, but he, he's been injury prone. So so what reason do you have to think this O-line can improve this season? Sure. Um, well, we like Parnell. Um, I know he's a backup, but when he was playing, he did play very well. Mm-hmm. He's going to be over there with Linder on the right side. Linder is, I would say, far and away our best offensive lineman. And from everything we've seen in practice, they're looking really good. They're starting to gel together very well. Um, Jokel, the Left tackle, we're really hoping this becomes a year things start to click. You know, former number two pick um, that at times has not looked like a number two pick. He's looked like a third or something. Um, you know, and if you look at the numbers, I guess last year on that offensive line, we have just a lot of, you know, young players. Lots of, you know, two rookies and guys who weren't really playing consistently on the teams they were with before the Jags. Their wide receivers really don't stand out. Do you have... Obviously, the tight end situation is about as good as anyone outside of New England in the league with Julius Thomas and Mercedes Lewis. Wait a second. I got a hot take there, Akiva. Warning. Hot take approaching. What? Uh, Honestly, Julius Thomas, to me, looks like a Peyton Manning creation more than anything else. No way. You got to give him some credit. Listen, I'll take him over Jason Morrow. I don't know who's your tight end in in Minnesota. (laughs) His, His catch percentage, yards perception, yards per game weren't particularly noteworthy. What made him so valuable... As fantasy football players will tell you, is that he had 24 touchdowns in uh, I'm looking in 27 games the last two years, which is second I think in the league only to Des Bryant. Um, and and Jaguars fans can tell you if you need further evidence that TDs are not sustainable or repeatable necessarily, you know, look at Thomas's predecessor. I think Mercedes Lewis had like one or two TDs a year every year of his career. Then he had that season with like nine or ten. Yeah. Instead of treating it as an outlier, the Jaguars went and signed him to a big contract. And I think the next year he had zero touchdowns. Is that right? Um, so, I think. So you're right. He maxed, he had was two, then 10, then zero. Yeah. Though then back to back fours. I mean, we know that touchdowns are not going to be consistent. And I don't expect Julius Thomas to put up the same number of touchdowns just because the offense isn't prolific when it's not, I mean, we're not being run by Peyton Manning. But 
I'm actually going to go out on the limb and say for anyone who's a fantasy football player, two players to really look at, Julius Thomas and Allen Robinson. Uh, one thing you're going to think you can look at with Julius Thomas is Greg Olson, who's now the offensive coordinator, was with the Raiders last year, loves to use his tight ends. And if you kind of go look at the schemes that he runs, his tight ends just get tons of touches. And he did it a lot with Carr. And I think we're going to see it with Bortles just to be able to dump it off to one of the two tight ends, Lewis or um, Thomas. So I'm going to be drafting him in my league. And then Allen Robinson, if you haven't seen some of the highlights from when he was healthy last year or from camp this year, Allen Robinson is going to become a top 15 uh, wide receiver in the league in the next two years. He has got so much talent. And if people saw how he's playing right now, he would have been drafted first round last year. I think like like a lot of fantasy owners, I, I had a run last season with, with Allen Robinson, with Allen Hearns. I think he was actually the first one I had, and then Marquise Lee. Yep. So Robinson is the one that you see breaking out of that trio of rookie receivers, right? Yeah, Lee is the – athletically, he's the best. The problem with Lee is that he's been injured time and time again, just pulled his hamstring – so I'm not looking to Lee to get a majority of those catches. Um, Robinson seems to really have gelled, and it looks like Hearns is going to be the week one starter. He's going to be wide receiver too. Switching to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, it's interesting. I, I'd say, like, the strength is really on the D-line. Would you agree? I would have agreed last year, though now it's become like ACL tear zone. Cinderic um, <laughs> Marks went out at the end of the year, and then we lost Dante Fowler, I think. It really was like first first 30 minutes of practice, um, you know, our num- the number three pick in the draft out of Florida. So I like the defensive line. I don't expect it to be as good as it was last year. But, I mean, Odrick can play. They got him from the Dolphins. I mean, there, there's yeah. definitely positives there. So the back seven is kind of a nightmare. Yeah, I think the linebackers is the weakest, posi- the weakest group in the Jags. You know, Paul Puzlesny in the middle. He's great against the run. But he is not good in coverage. So tight ends last year just feasted on the Jags. But he was also banged up last year, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he tore a peck at one point. So he was out then. We put in JT Thomas, um, who's not with us again. Yeah, I just don't think Puzlesny is ever going to be great in coverage. Someone I really loved last year and I think is going to have a breakout year is Telvin Smith on the outside. Um, was really good for Florida State, and a lot of people didn't like him just do. To his size, he's you know last year was maybe two ten. Now it's probably closer to two twenty. But he is a playmaker, and I really I'm looking to him to have the big breakout season for the Jags on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you mentioned Dante Fowler. I got to be honest, not as a Jags fan, other than signing Julius Thomas, which as you heard, I'm not so high on. I think there were three things that I heard about the Jaguars this off season. Number one, the uh, the tragic retirement of Jackson Deville. Number two. <laughs> Number two, the announcement that, that Justin Blackman is basically gone for good. And, and number three, all the hype and the excitement after the draft of Dante Fowler and instantly goes down and he's going to be replaced by, I don't know, Chris Clemens or something who's like 40 years old. So <laughs> I, I got to give you props that you're as optimistic as you are because when I, when I saw that injury, you know, I think there was a vine put up of that injury to Fowler. Mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt bad for Jack fans. I was like, oh, my God, what, what, a, what a kick in the balls that is, you know. Right after yeah, the draft. That's definitely tough. And then you sit there and you second guess the pick, but, um, you know, it's ACL. It's not something we could have predicted. It's just something that happens. You know, if we'd have picked Amari Cooper, then maybe he'd have done something too. So, you know, that's just the way it works out. I, I would like to touch on the Justin Blackman comment. Um, that's almost become a joke somewhat in Jacksonville that, it's been pretty evident for about a solid year in Jacksonville that Justin was not coming back. Lots of photos had surfaced. He didn't look like he was in football shape. I knew people who knew him. So about third, you know, now this is third hand conversation, but most of them said he's focusing on him and not on football. And, it, you know, I think as Jack's fans, we're now just saying, you know, we wish him the best. We hope that um, everything on his side works out but we are not hope, holding out any hope that he's going to be playing for the Jags ever again. We missed one key rookie uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, what are your opinions on uh, the running back situation in general? And TJ Yeldon, is he uh type of guy people should be jumping on in fantasy? Or are you 
confident in real life football that he's going to be doing a good job. What do you think? You know, when we drafted him, I was like, you know, this to me feels like when you date the ugly sister. Um, you look at Derrick Henry. <laughs> coming. I mean, I would watch Alabama games, and Derrick Henry is a freak. And the guy is huge, and he runs through defenses. And then we got Yeldon, and I was like, all right, you know, we'll see. So I would say I was not high on it when we made the pick. Um, but then, now that we've seen him in practice, the guy is smooth. Um, he doesn't have that top-end speed, but he does have some good acceleration. And he can really – he has really good cuts, and he works well in traffic. So everything sounds like it's good. I really hope Denard Robinson gives him a run for his money um, and at least takes a, some of those snaps away from him because I've, I've always been a big Denard fan. Let's take a look at the schedule. R- realistically, uh, unless you live in the Jacksonville area or you're an AFC uh, South op- uh, opponent, you're probably not going to see a lot of the Jags this year. Uh, I think they have one Thursday night game. But then again, they do have that game on Yahoo. So if you have a connection to the Internet, you will be able to see at least one game if you can wake up early in the morning that week. But uh, but let, let's go through the schedule and you know, t- tell us what you think is happening. Uh, week one, they're the season opener against Cam Newton and the Panthers at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Cam, and I would love to say that we would beat him, but I just don't see it happening. I hope, you know, I, I always pull for the Panthers when we're playing them. I'm giving us, you know, a 30, 40% chance of winning that game, but uh, realistically, I'm not seeing that as a win. And you're, you love Cam, is that, what's the reason for that? Well, he's got the uh, best smile in football. And, <laughs> I mean, oh, I, didn't, I, the, I, I don't know if you were an Auburn guy or something like that, but. No, I went to Georgia, but um, yeah, he's always been a playmaker, and I love watching him play. Um, the way he runs the football is insane. All right, well, next week you're still at home uh, uh, in an inter-Florida matchup against the Dolphins. Yeah, the, the beginning of the schedule looks tough. I think everyone, we look at it, the, for the first four games, we're hoping to win one. We'd love to win two, but it's not going to happen. Tannehill, we've got a shot, but I'm still not seeing this as be a win, so it's going to be tough going up to New England for game three. And yeah, it doesn't get I'm, harder. You, got, you go to New England, and then you go to Indianapolis. In weeks three and four. All right, so through these four, I'm saying three and one, and I'm calling it right now. Wait, three and one? We're going three. I'm sorry, one and three. That's that's, and that's still not bad, though. <laughs> we're going to beat the Patriots. Woo. Wow. In, in New England. Well, it's going to happen. You may not have Brady to deal with, so. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, well, if Brady's back, then I'm going to probably – you know, take that one back. But um, <laughs> so you've spoken to Goodell. You're confident, or actually not Goodell. You've spoken to the to the federal judge, who's he's not playing in week three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're confident. Uh, I can tell you, I'm actually an attorney and have had some cases in federal court, and will tell you that the injunction is not going to go through. I would be shocked if there's an injunction which would allow him to play. It's if he's going to play, it's going to have to be through a settlement with. Um, the NFL. So, you know, that remains to be seen. We have a, two full months almost for that game. But, you know, I'm, I'm praying to the federal judges and to God that uh, <laughs> New England does not have Brady for that game. All right, so there you go. You uh, you beat the Patriots on the road against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Then you go to Indy. I think you said that's a loss. Then you go to Tampa, another Florida matchup. Yeah, I actually think we've got a good shot here. Um, I think Winston will be a good quarterback in the future. Um, I just don't see the Bucks as being that great of a team. The defense was pretty weak last year. So I'm going to go and put that as a win for the Jags. So now we're up to two and three. All right. Well, that's uh, not a bad start, especially given that schedule. And then you got a little home stretch. You play uh, the Texans at home and then the Bills at home before the bye week. You winning one of those? You winning both of those? What do you think? Well, I think we're going to win. I'm going to – I wanted to split with the Houston – with Houston, and I think now it's going to be that first game. Um, you know, they're still not sure who they're going to trot out there at quarterback, and now I'm, the running back position is going to look pretty weak without Foster. So um, I'm going to give the Jags the Houston win, and though I will be at the London game, I'm going to have to say the oh, Bills wow. are probably going to pull that out, and we're going to lose. So you're Wait, you're flying to London, London just to see the Jaguars? Oh, yeah. I actually – I should also say there's about 17 17- – Hundred of us going down to the Bucks game. Wow! Um, I would fly to like Rome just to not see the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, so I'm, oh, I'm going to log into Yahoo, and I'm, I hope I have a good enough uh, internet connection to, to look in the crowd and see if I can find you there. Okay, so so now we're saying three and four going into the bye week, right? That's not bad. Yeah, I would be. I mean, we would be thrilled, though. I will tell you, from the last two years, we always lose the bye week. So that was when we found out Justin Blackman was suspended. I think we found out Ace Sanders was going to be suspended one year. Um, we get we have injuries, so. So you're asking I don't, all your wide receivers be very careful in uh, in in England. Do not do anything that will get you in trouble with the uh, with the British authorities. Yeah, I'm. I hope, but we we always seem to find something to do there during our bye week. So. November 1st, I'm hopefully not going to be on the internet looking at the scores. <laughs> so then you guys have, and it's worth pointing out, we, it's fun seeing schedule quirks when we do, uh, you know, we're going game by game. Uh, uh, the, the Jaguars have every single game is either a back-to-back home game or a back-to-back road game, with one exception the entire season. Yeah. That's a little quirky. Anyway, so you guys go after the bye, you're 3-4, and four, yeah, and then you go to the Jets. Yeah, the Jets isn't going to be a win either. I actually think Gino's going to get it together. He had that great Ooh. game at the end of the year. Wow. Gino fan. Jackson. I'm, a Jets, I'm, well, I'm a Jets fan. I don't, I don't even think Gino's going to be starting. <laughs> I'm not a Gino fan, but that game he had at the end of the year, and then I read a couple things about you guys in camp, about him in camp. I mean, he's, Yeah, don't – you know what? I, I know there all these, uh, you know – Hall of Famers being made in training camp this year, you know, Mariota and Geno Smith, they haven't thrown any interceptions in training camp. I've never heard this be a thing before this year, that a guy has no picks in training camp, so he's going to the Pro Bowl. If you want to get a better idea of what Geno Smith had, I know he played really well at the end of last year. In particular, he had the uh, the Jets' first 300-yard, three-touchdown, no-interception game, I think, ever in team history uh, in the last <laughs> game of the season. Um, but yep. if you really want to see Geno... Then, uh, you know, check out the Buffalo game. Uh, you know, check a tape of that from, uh, like week eight and, uh, you'll see that's the real Geno, I think. Anyway, back to the, the Jaguars. So you have the Jets a loss to three and five and then you guys go to Baltimore the next week. Yeah, we're not going to beat Joe Flacco in that defense. Um, so I'm going to go three and six. Though, uh, you know, now we're, we're about to see two Titans games come up pretty quickly. You know, I liked Mariota in college, and I just don't buy the the hype um, coming out of Tennessee, though I know the Tennessee Titans have been kicked down as much as we have in recent years. So, you know, I don't want to wish them the best, but, you know, they can do all right. Um, I don't like we're playing them later in the year. I'd rather play them early, but we're going to win that Thursday night game at home for sure. I, that Thursday night game, I, I like to think of it as like the take your wife out for dinner game. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you look at the schedule. You're like, oh sweet, what's on tonight? Like Cowboys, Redskins, you know, Jets, Dolphins. Uh, no, it's uh, Titans, Jaguars. Where we're we going out tonight? Yeah, I mean, I went to that game last year. We had them. We hosted them for Thursday night football as well, and that was actually a pretty solid game. Um, maybe not for the rest of the country, <laughs> but I I enjoyed the comeback. I feel like if the Jaguars won the Super Bowl, they still wouldn't get any Sunday night games the next season. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a Sunday night game. I. We haven't had a Monday night game, I think, now in three years. That's impressive because so. almost everybody nowadays gets a Monday night game. Yeah, if, it's you know, had I think I think what happened was had ESPN not fired Bill Simmons, uh, that's what Goodell was threatening ESPN with four Jaguars games this season. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do you think Al Michaels can name five Jaguars? I don't think there's a chance in hell. I don't think uh, they've seen. They've definitely never since. Uh, I was gonna say we, but I'm no longer on the NBC team. But uh, since NBC got. Uh, Sunday Night Football, I don't believe there's been a Jaguars game. No, I don't think so. And I would actually point out, we only have one 4 p.m. game. Everything's at 1 p.m. Uh, we have the Dolphins games. It's the only one we have at 4. And then we've got that 9.30 internet game. Is that like 2.30 in London or something? What's the local time there? That's gonna. So we're five hours off, so yeah, yeah so 2.30. Okay. Right. So you have the Ravens as a loss, and then the Titans, you said, is a win. Yeah, that's my stone cold lock of the of all the Jags games. That Titans games me the one we win. Fair enough. So you're four and six, and then you then you host Philip Rivers and the Chargers. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I'm actually a Philip Rivers fan. We're not gonna win that game. And then it's been a long time since we've beat the t- Titans twice. And I don't know if you know this, but we, I think, are the only team to only have three losses and them all be against the same team, and that was the Titans in the late 90s uh, where we lost to them twice in the regular season and then in the playoffs. So I can't 
I can't say that we're going to win both of those games, so I'm going to give them the December game. Wow, that is a fun fact, though. You guys host the, uh, you have a couple really good quarterbacks come to town. You have Andrew Luck and then Matt Ryan. What do you think about those games? All right, so Andrew Luck in the Colts. I think they are going deep in the postseason. They're going to win a Super Bowl in the next two, maybe three years, but it's pro- I'm guessing next two. They're, they're, we're not going to win a game against the Colts for a year or two. Um, so the, no, that's not happening. Falcons, you know, maybe they're going to get that pass rush together. But between the Falcons and the Saints, I know one, I mean, top five quarterback, great quarterbacks, top 10, both of them. We're going to win one of those games just based on the defense alone. You know, the Falcons and the Saints are both struggling. The Falcons for years have been trying to put together that pass rush. I think they went and got Vic Beasley for that. But yeah, I'm, we're going to win one of those two. Which one? All right. All my buddies up in Atlanta, I guess I'll go. We're going to win the Saints game. Right, so that's your fifth win. And then, and then at, you close at Houston. Uh, that game might be big for the Texans. I don't, I guess if you're five and ten, it's not big for the Jaguars. No, that, I mean, that would be a big season for us because it would have been the best game in year, or the best season in years. <laughs> oh man. You're making me I'm, sad here. <laughs> so I've already split with the Texans. I'm not going to take that game. Though now I'm looking at the schedule and if I have really only predicted five wins, those I guess are my ones that I'm saying those are, those are going to be wins. But overall, I'm, going out and saying we're going to win six or seven games and this team is much much improved from last year and really we should have won you know four or five last year we are a six or seven win team this year so what is it so is that a win then in week 17 or that that one is a loss i i'm only going to split with the texans we are happy for every win we get now (laughs) um I mean, I'm a season ticket owner, and I'm gonna keep going to every game that's here for years to come. So we're we're itching for wins, and if it you know if it means we drop a spot in the draft, then we drop a spot in the draft. Because well, I no, think you know what? I agree with you on that. As I'm a Vikings fan, and I root for my team to win every game, even if they're three and ten. I can't root against them. Um, you know, on the other hand, sometimes it backfires. You know, Adrian Peterson. Uh, injured himself in Washington in that lost season, mm-hmm. and not only yeah, did, I remember. yeah, not only did it cost him, but because they ended up winning that game and Washington lost that game, Washington jumped ahead them and got RG three. Although I guess in hindsight that didn't work out so well for them, but um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you about that. But so are we putting this down as five and eleven, or are we putting this down at six and ten? We're going down at six and ten. All right, and I think we're more likely to win seven than five. Um, Still, either way, it'd be a big improvement, as you said. Yeah, Let me ask a crazy ha- question. Warning. Hot take approaching. If you switched Andrew Luck and Blake Bortles, okay. would you guys, or, or, or let's say you guys had a cloned exactly the same Andrew Luck instead of Blake Bortles, realistically, I mean, yeah, they have T.Y. Hilton. You don't have a receiver that good probably, but. Well, like, I don't know. Allen Robinson. Yeah. Is this team really that much worse than the Colts outside, you know, from 2 to 53? Man, I don't. That's a hot take. And, is, but really, I'm just knocking the Colts because I, I actually think the Colts are kind of terrible outside of Luck, who's amazing. Yeah, their run game though is going to be, I think, quite improved as well. I don't. Think well, anybody could run when Colts. you have Luck. Andrew Luck is, in my opinion, the, the th- probably the third or fourth best quarterback in the league. Wait, so um, Geno Smith, yeah. then <laughs> Blake Portals. Yeah, Geno and Blake. Blaine Gabbert. Oh, oh man, yeah, we we don't. We try not to say that name anymore. Oh boy. That it, I could tell you we, you know, I think we got a sixth round pick for him who ended up becoming our starting center last year and we were thrilled with that. I mean, there You guys ripped the Niners off. I mean, really that's how we saw it though. I know a lot of Niners fans thought that they won that trade. Um, yeah, I would say he, that was the worst football I think I've ever had to watch in my life. That's saying something from a Jaguars fan. <laughs> oh no, we were we were so happy to have uh, when Henny came in and stepped in. It was night and day, and um, you know Henny's just a guy. He's a nice backup, he's, but he's never going to win more than four or five games almost for any team. But I do think you know Blaine Gabbert. The difference between him and Henny was noticeable. Well, uh, the thirty-second rate Jaguars, but Alvin sees him winning six games, possibly more this season, which would be a dramatic improvement. 
maybe starting a precedent of uh, fans that are very confident in their teams in August of 2015 for the <laughs> season. We will have to wait and see. Once again, thank you so much to Albin Brook of Buzzsprout for giving us his expert opinion on the Jacksonville Jaguars this season. As we heard, Albin is uh, pretty confident. 6-10 and 10 would be an improvement for the Jaguars. But up next, we have Eston Stogner from the Tennessee Titans. And if Albin's confident, uh, wait till you hear what Eston has to say. Uh, we'll start out by asking you, in, in this past offseason, the Titans had the number two pick in the NFL draft. Uh, do you think they're going to have the number two pick in the 2016 NFL draft? Um, no, definitely not. I think they should be much improved. I'd be surprised if they went at least 500, to be honest. Last season was uh, aberration compared to what we should expect. I mean, we've been pretty much 500 for the last decades so as long as Marietta performs decent we should be all right I think yeah I mean you guys obviously last year was uh was basically a waste of a year I'm sure you'd agree you know you used three quarterbacks for extended periods of time <laughs> yeah right I mean actually uh, we, we, we got to our fourth quarterback in the last game so oh, that's right Carson that's Palmer's brother so right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so right. we definitely went through him two Wall- Charlie Whiters there is in last yeah, that's- alone Definitely not a sign of success for sure. <laughs> but what? For so sure. I mean, what makes you think that a two and fourteen team? Because you guys weren't even a fluky two and fourteen team. You were getting killed most weeks. Just what that. makes you think that a two and fourteen uh, team, you know, can transform? Is is I mean, if Mariota takes them from two and fourteen to eight and eight, he's you know one of the top ten players in the league. Basically, what is? Oh, I don't go that Mariota? far as far as how. I mean, I don't really think we're a 2-14 and 14 team. I mean, obviously, that was a record. You can't argue that. But there's a lot of injuries. Um, obviously, not just that quarterback, but the offensive line. The defense got worn out most games. So, worse, we're like a 5-11 and 11 team. I'd be surprised if we're an 8-8. Eight eight, but um. All right, Esten, well, i got to ask you. Your Twitter handle is say no to Mariota. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. That, well, that's not my uh, official one. That's just one I made during the draft time. So. All right. So, but, I mean, yeah. Now and then still. <laughs> so a two and fourteen team, and with the number two pick, they take a player who you don't want them to take. Yeah. So, so where's the optimism coming from? It's just that time of year, you know. I try to be an optimistic person in life. So, um, I mean, all reports of Mariota. I mean, it is preseason, but I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's looking pretty good. Neither um, is Geno Smith. Geno Smith also hasn't thrown a pick in camp. I yeah, think. But, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean much, but. Um, I don't know, you know, I try to look on the positive side of things. Like I said, I don't really think the 2-14 and 14 represents the team. And plus, the defense should be a lot better. We got Daenerys, Searcy, Paris Cox, you know, a couple um, guys in the secondary that should vastly improve that. And the defensive line, Gerald Casey, he's really good. Um, Zach Brown's coming back. He was injured the first game last year, so that'll be a big plus for the defense. Um, Avery Williamson, he was a surprise rookie last year. He should be a lot better with another year under his belt. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things that you can look at. Um, Doyle Green-Beckham, I think, could be huge, at least in the red zone, third down area. So, I don't know if you have a huge impact, but definitely in the red zone. He's a big, big kid. Aston, so do you have confidence in Ken Wisenhut as the Titans coach? Um, sure. <laughs> I mean, I think so. Um, it sounds like they're adjusting to Mariota's, what's it called, strengths. His, they're running a little read options, a little design runs, so... I mean, that gives you a little hope that he's not being stubborn as he has in the past. Um, I don't know if that's forced down for management, but, I mean, it changed, so that's positive. You know, you talked about last season that the uh, the offensive line had a lot of injuries. Um, and I think that I think what I've heard is that Michael Roos retired and, and, and Taylor Lewin, they're moving over to left tackle. Um, but, um, you know, this is an offensive line that, that, that to me doesn't seem like, like it gives a lot of confidence, and especially for a rookie quarterback who's going to need time adjusting to the NFL speed. Uh, I mean, is he going to get sacked 60 times? Is he going to make it through the season healthy even? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if he'll make it through healthy. We haven't had a quarterback make it the whole season for like the last 10 years. So, I mean, obviously as a Titans fan, that's something that you would definitely not take for granted if he makes it all 16 games. Um, so, so we get more Zach Burger <laughs> selfie time? Maybe, possibly. I mean, that'd be something a lot of uh, – Message boards would be looking forward to. There'd be a lot of fights going on there if that happened. A lot of talk between the two sides, anti-Mettenberger, pro-Mettenberger side. So if he gets some time, that'd definitely be interesting. <laughs> do, do you think um, Mettenberger wants to play if they're playing Houston and J.J. Watts lined up opposite him again? <laughs> um, man, I think Mettenberger's a, a competitive guy. I think he wants to play all the time, no matter who's there. I think he'll take the best um, if he has a chance, for sure. What do you think about the uh, Titans' skill position players? I mean, on paper... They have a lot of wide receivers. I'll say that they have a lot of wide receivers people have heard of, not necessarily guys who are in their prime 
Yeah. Uh, you know, with a lot of, with a, with a big track record. What, what do you think about the wide receiver situation? Uh, well, I'm kind of upset that we lost Neil Washington. He's one of my favorite players in the last few years, and I think he's probably the best free agent pickup they've ever had, but he's not in Houston now. So, I mean, Kendall Wright, he should step up big time. Um, he's a quality wide receiver if he has a good quarterback. I think Mariota is actually the perfect quarterback for a wide receiver like Kendall Wright, um, who could kind of get shallow, create some space, get the ball and move. So, I mean, he could, um, and at Baylor playing with RJ3, they play pretty much played street ball the whole season. So, I mean, if they have to improvise, he should excel there. Um, DGB, I'm really excited about Doyle Green Beckham. He's like 6'6, 250 pounds or something crazy like that. He's a huge kid. Um, Justin Hunter, I don't really know what to say about him. He's uh, kind of soft, but, I mean, he could flash. He's flashed before, so who knows if he takes the next step this year. Didn't, didn't they sign Harry Douglas also? Yeah, Harry Douglas. Um, he's actually uh, – I'm actually uh, very happy about that signing. I thought he did really good in Atlanta when he had the chance when Julio Andrade went down. So um, he'll be a definitely a good veteran presence there, and he might be able to take over for Nate Washington, his spot a little bit. Um, and uh, Hakeem Nix as well has actually looked pretty good so far, so – he might surprise some people. And what about well, he would su- I think if he makes the team, he'll surprise people. <laughs> He's actually been running with the ones so far. Wow. So, so I mean, that's kind of – I don't know if that says a lot about the talent skill or if he's actually improving. <laughs> does Harry Douglas have to build a new house with a giant indoor swimming pool with a huge tree in the middle, or can he bring his old one? Does he have that? I mean, that's pretty yeah, awesome. No, on Hard Knocks <laughs> last year, on Hard Knocks last year, they went to his house. And he had a giant indoor swimming pool with like a 35 foot tree inside his house. In well, that's pool. pretty impressive. I mean, I'd definitely try to transport that if He's I a could. <laughs> He's a backup. Well, Atlanta's not that far of a drive, right? I mean, I'm sure he could build another one. I don't really know how much he got, but he must have got a good little chunk of change. They didn't announce it for a little while. I was curious to see, but then I kind of just gave up. <laughs> do, you, do you live in Nashville? No, I've actually never been there. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Ah, okay. Well, how are you a Titans fan? I mean, really the first year I really got into football was 99, and I just liked the look of their jerseys and stuff, really. I mean, as corny as that sounds, but started watching them. Um, Steve McNair was awesome. Eddie George was awesome. Frank Wycheck, Javon Kurtz was the rookie freak. You know, I mean, there's a lot to like about them, and it's kind of rode with them ever since. But you, you, so you're you're like a, a, like a front runner, but you picked the wrong team, kind of. <laughs> well, but 19, I mean, I 1999, that was just in time for the Music City Miracle. Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. So, now, now, I mean, now a, if we're going to be honest, though, Frank Whitechick, that, that pass, that was a forward pass, you know. No, yeah. actually, I mean, they proved it, like, scientifically that there's no way it could have gone forward. <laughs> so <there's, laughs> it's been shut down, man. Science. <laughs> I think they did, like, a sports science on it, and uh, it went the Titans away, so no asterisks. <laughs> yeah, I know, I that. And then they ended up going all the way to the Super Bowl that year. So. Yeah, and actually for like a decade, they had like one of the top records in the whole NFL from like 99 to 2008 almost. They had one of the top five records. So, I mean, they're pretty good. I mean, who knows? I mean, they got two young quarterbacks that have potential. I mean, myself, yep. I'd probably rather go with Mantenberger. I mean, I probably would have drafted someone else in the draft, obviously, with my Twitter handle and everything. But um, Who did you want them to take? Well, Amari Cooper, probably. But, I mean, I'm happy that we ended up getting DGB, but... Um, I was looking forward to seeing Manberger to Cooper all year, but I mean, he's in Oakland. While we're talking about the offense in the backfield, you know, last year in fantasy drafts, I think Bishop Sankey was the consensus number one rookie taken. Um, and, and, and then anybody, anybody who wasted a pick on Bishop Sankey, uh, did, did not have to worry about the playoffs, <laughs> much like the Titans. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what kind of running game are they going to have with, uh, helping Mariota back there? I mean, I think Sankey actually surprised a lot of people this year. Um, I don't know the exact stat, but I did read that he was ahead of Marshawn Lynch in um, yards after contact. So, I mean, he just got hit a lot. If you actually watch the games on behind the line, our line was terrible, as we alluded to before. Um, so, I mean, I think he'll look good. Um, Justin Fowler is a power back. He's looking pretty strong. David Cobb, I mean, I haven't really really heard too many positives about him, but he uh, a lot of people are excited about him during the draft, so... I mean, they'll definitely be a running back by committee, but I think Bishop Sankey will definitely be a lot better than he was last year. Yeah, the only my my concern with Sankey is that he only ran for 3.7 yards a carry, and as you say, they they had a bad line, but like all the other running backs, even Sean Green, who was done okay. two years ago, was a half yard per carry better than him. Like that's not, and running backs is really the one position where you can come out of the gate and you know play really well. So yeah, I mean, definitely, he may I mean, be a bust. Yeah, that's a possibility. There's obviously, um, hindsight, they could have took Jeremy Hill, and I mean, who knows how he would have looked here, but in Cincinnati, he looked like a special player, so I mean, 
I mean, hopefully, if he does bust, David Cobb kind of works out as a decent back. That'd be nice. <laughs> he was a pick in the fourth round this year, I think. So, I mean, it'd be all right. And uh, Justin Justin Fowler, he's really good out of backfield, actually. Uh, he had, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, um, catching, he had more reception touchdowns than Amari Cooper. So, I mean, in the red zone, him and Mariota could be, you know, running around doing some stuff, catching some touchdowns. That'd be nice. So let's let's uh, give the benefit of the doubt and assume that Mariota stays upright, the offense improves, they grab a couple extra games. Defensively, this was still a really, really bad team last year. And from what I've seen, their their big offseason acquisition on the defensive side of the ball was Brian Arakpo, who spends more time playing Scrabble than football the last few seasons. <laughs> so, you know, what gives you confidence that their defense is going to improve this year? Mariotti is the type of quarterback that could sustain drives so they won't be as tired as they were last year. They spent a lot of time on the field last year. That would be a plus. Um, like I said, they're getting Zach Brown back. Um, Avery Williamson is going to have another year under his belt. Jarrell Casey just keeps getting better. They have uh, Denaris Searcy. Um, who knows if he's really that good or if he's just a product of the Bills' Uh, last year, or their front seven getting that push that they did. He's not going to have that here in Tennessee, so that'll be something to watch. Um, Paris Cox as well at cornerback. Hopefully he's a upgrade over Bleedy Ray Wilson. I don't know, whatever BWW is. <laughs> I forget. Bleedy Ray, whatever. Whatever his name is. I don't like that guy. Anyways, so. Um, <laughs> he had a horrible, I don't know if you guys have seen the Cincinnati game, but he had a chance to light up um, Andy Dalton, and he just like gave him a shoulder bump and let him run in for a receiving touchdowns so ever since then i kind of wanted to forget about that guy but um so hopefully yeah, Paris he is, uh, <laughs> he's in pro football focus ranks players by like color based on you know from elite high quality good to average he's yeah. in red for poor yeah that's <laughs> not something that you want as your number two cornerback um but uh jason Cor- jason mccordy on the other side of the number one cornerback he's always been pretty steady um he was hurt last year so he'll be but he still played um, he's a tough guy, so he'll be better this year. And just uh, Dick LeBeau coming, that's a huge acquisition. Obviously, he left Pittsburgh uh, and came over here to work with his buddy Jim Horton. So how, how we'll see how that now? works. How old is Dick LeBeau now? Um, probably too old to still be coaching, but... <laughs> is, is he pulling those 18-hour days? <laughs> I mean, he, he could split it up with uh, Horton now, so he doesn't have to do all that. <laughs> Right. I think I said Jim Horton is a Ray Horton accident, so I don't know where I got Jim from. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's good to hear some confidence. Uh, I think that, that one of the problems that Ken Wizen had had in Arizona, and, and we also saw it last year in Tennessee, was uh, other than the one year that he had Kurt Warner, a healthy Kurt Warner, he just he couldn't stick with the quarterback. He'd, he'd switch quarterbacks again and again. And, um, you know, ho- hopefully now, now that they have all this invested in Mariota, they're, they're you know they're going to give him run and they're going to give him an opportunity to fail uh, and then ultimately hopefully to succeed. But um, uh, you know I know that Akiva is a fan of the old Mike and the Mad Dog game, which uh, which Bill Simmons co-opted later. So we're gonna we're gonna run through the schedule week by week. And uh, and you said you see him going eight and eight. So uh, let's see where we can pull that out. Okay, so uh, week one in Tampa. Ah, uh, Jameis versus Mariota. Uh, we'll call that a win. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, we're going to be talking about the Bucks soon. Spoiler alert! So it's not exactly a powerhouse battle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we and then week two, they wow, they don't play a home game until week three. It, week two, I, I can't believe you can't get the the powerhouse, you know, TV magnet Titans team a uh, like an early home Monday night football game. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, at at Cleveland, week two, we'll go with another win there. <laughs> two straight road wins to start. Man, I might end up going like eleven and five by the time we're done with yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I'd like I'd like to point out that uh, the only national game this season for the Titans is a is a Thursday night game, the week before Thanksgiving against the Jaguars <laughs> on on NFL Network. Oof. Yeah, that's a two years running where their only prime time game was Thursday night against the Jaguars. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. I mean, you know what it is? It's like. The two, the two worst TV teams in the league, ratings wise, probably <laughs> in one time. <laughs> All right, so, so so now you're now you're two and zero. Uh, week three, you're coming home for the home opener against probably also going to be two and zero Indianapolis Colts, uh, first place in the AFC South on the line. What happens in week three? Well, man, I really want to say a win, but I mean we haven't beat Andrew Luck yet, so I, I think we're going to take the last day. Is that right? He's undefeated against Tennessee. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. This is, by the way, this is the craziest schedule I've ever seen. Yeah, we got four home games they now. Have, they have a bye week <laughs> in week four, and then they have three more home games. They have four straight home games. That's I've, I, it, there's got to be many, many years since any team's had four straight home games. Yeah, I think uh, we looked online, and it's been about like at least thirty years. So yeah, 
It, it's almost <laughs> like a glitch. It's crazy. And this whole schedule, just looking, I mean, this is an easy schedule. Now, it is. you know, when you're when you're a bad team in a bad division, that's what's going to happen. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're in October, uh, week four. Uh, they're still at home for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, uh, we're going to go with the, the last day. Oh, so they're winning on the road, but they they can't they can't hold it together at home, even against Buffalo. Well, you got the the Colts there with the high pad offense, and the Bills with the really tough defense. And I don't know if Mariota is going to be ready for that. So we'll I'll, I'll just go with the last day, go two and two right now. <laughs> right. Actually, uh, just to take a step back for a second, um, I know that you you said you were not hiding Mariota in the draft. Uh, if Winston had been available, would you have wanted him or no? Yeah. Okay. So 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 and so you're higher actually on Winston than you, than you are on Mariota. Um, I think, prospects. yeah, just more of the the system he's coming out of. I mean, you know, guys like Marietta didn't seem to really pan out too well, but um, he's been better than I thought he would, I guess. So a little a little more optimistic than I was back then. All right. Um, okay, so then uh, week five, uh, still home as Akiva said against the Dolphins. Go with the win there. All right, oh, so the three and two Titans. We're gonna get, we're gonna be getting yeah. like uh, you know Jim Nance and Phil Sims coming to one of these games soon. <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> Make a little time on ESPN, a little thirty-second segment. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, I think uh, they host the Falcons, the fourth straight home game. Yeah, that that would be on Fox though, so no Phil Sims just yet. <laughs> the Falcons with uh, Dan Quinn's new head coach, they're going to probably be playing some tough defense. So I'll go with the uh, loss there. That's three and three. <laughs> they, have, they really play a lot of games. All right, then they then they have another two-game uh, road swing at at Houston. Win. Oh, oh at boy. Houston. Take that, J.J. Watt. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then uh, week week nine, uh, you go to New Orleans. I'll go with the surprise win there. All right. Another oh, win. my gosh. What's the record now? Well, that's that's they're 4-0 on the road now halfway through the season. 5-3. and three. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, right now, you just gave the Titans the cover of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> they're on the cover man. this week. 5-3. and three. <laughs> They beat three Brees on a, uh, a pick six in <laughs> overtime. <laughs> oh, I can believe that actually. Then they host Carolina at five and three. Wow, big game! Five and three Titans, six and two Panthers. We'll, we'll go with the last day. Okay, fair enough. So f- now they're five and four. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of Cam Newton. He's he's a he's a good quarterback. He's gonna be tough to stop. Our our defense is gonna have a hard time there. Yeah, but now you have a short week going to Jacksonville to the uh, the vicious Jaguars crowd on a on a Thursday night. Man, oh, we're gonna lose that game. Oh boy, <laughs> this is such an up and down schedule. We're like flipping coins here. All right, so they're five and five at that point. Look, be, look, look, Akiva, beating beating the Titans at home is a thing that very few teams in the NFL can do. Apparently, only the Jaguars, but uh... <laughs> only Jaguars. <laughs> they got our number on, on that. <laughs> boy, one schedule, of the crazy just... things, and this schedule really is insane. But one of the craziest things is right now the stretch that that we're talking about: two games against the Jaguars, a game against the Jets, a game against the Raiders. I mean, it's an unbelievable stretch. Like, if you're, you know, a good team. Yeah, well, with the Titans. Now you have them at five and five, and they host the Raiders that next week after a long break. We'll take a win there. Six and five, and then they go to Jack. Then they host Jacksonville. Win. Oh my God. Seven and five, and now you're going to a frigid New York on December thirteenth in the playoff race. Probably, if you get a win, you're probably in that sixth seed in the, you know, in the playoffs. Do they mm. win at the Jets and Geno Smith or at Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, man. It's probably going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's probably going to kill him, so we'll go with the last. <laughs> oh, boy. It's revenge. It's revenge. Um, yeah, he destroyed us last year with Houston, so, I mean, could happen two times in a row. <laughs> and then you're in New England at 7-6, and six, yeah, trying to keep the, the, the schedule finally gets tough by, by yeah, Christmas Yeah, it gets time. tough. Those last three weeks is really difficult. That's why you guys you know really what? should be. You guys really need to be eleven and two going to that stretch. <laughs> <laughs> That's I would advise. Oh man, we're gonna lose that game probably bad too. <laughs> and then you win last any time, of the last two. What's that? Well, you, you win play, any of the last you, two? You, you play Houston at home. You already beat them on the road. Yeah, they're gonna. Be oh yeah, win that one. Blood. Ah, sweep of Houston. <laughs> oh, oh and actually, yeah, I will win that one. Sure. Right, you're eight well, seven. Well, well, you're probably. You know what? I don't know if you're mathematically eliminated, but you're one of those, like, there's seven teams alive, but you're, you know, you need all six of them to lose and you need to win. Yeah, but you know what, Akiva? There's a very good chance that Indy's resting people up by week 17. Oh, yeah. Like, they've clinched the division, you know, before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. yeah. They beat they beat <laughs> you guys already, so that's one win. So I mean, let's, say, look, let's know, say they're 12-3 and, and they have one of the buys. You know, I'm going to change my prediction. I guess we'll go 9-7. Oh, 9-7! Oh, 
Oh my god. Nine and seven for the Titans. <laughs> and are they sneaking We're gonna into, are, they sneaking, are they sneaking into a playoff spot there? Are they gonna sneak into a playoff spot there or is that gonna be a hard luck nine and seven? Not just here, I don't think. All right. Well, we'll be just like right. one we're, we're half be, of a game we're shot. Be realistic. They're gonna win nine games, but they're not gonna make the playoffs. All right. <laughs> Titan way, Titan way. <laughs> so, so, so there, there you have it. Uh, the Tennessee Titans and Eston Stogner very confident. His uh, two and fourteen team uh, with uh, I, I would guess rookie of the year, uh, Marcus Mariota, turning them around nine and seven. Yeah, if he brings them to nine and seven, he plays all sixteen games. Unless Winston goes out of his mind or <laughs> Cooper is like uh, another, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. He's gonna win rookie of the year, right? Oh man, I'm gonna go with Doriel Green Beckham. Man, he's gonna get like 50 touchdowns in the in the red oh, zone. Oh boy! Wasn't, wasn't <laughs> yeah. Vince Young uh, when he was a rookie for the Titans? They had a really good rookie season. He actually made the Pro Bowl. I remember as an alternate, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did really good his rookie season. Um, as most mobile scrambling quarterbacks do, they get a have a really good rookie season and kind of go down from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Vince they, Young was at the Pro Bowl this past season too. He was uh, ripping tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it did look like they had they had uh, you know another Steve McNair there for a little while. Yeah, it was an exciting time, man. It definitely was, but uh, him and Fisher got into it and just took over the the whole team, their little spat, so that ended that. <laughs> All right, well, Aston, thanks for joining us. Uh, I wish you and the Titans the best of luck this season. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, man. All right, this is uh, uh, Alex Chester and Akiva Wieneker, 32 fans in 32 days, and that was 31st. Thanks again to Aston, and that means Episode 1 is finished. We've covered both the Jaguars and the Titans, the dregs of the AFC South, but their fans are a lot more confident this season, so tomorrow we will see if that confidence continues as we t- go on to the 30th-ranked Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Akiva, how was episode one for you? You know, in terms of the teams, like, you can only go up from the Jaguars and the Titans. I think we can only get better. All right, so those teams are looking to improve. We're looking to improve as well. So once again, please subscribe on iTunes. Please rate the podcast. Let us know how we can get better. Uh, hopefully uh, with some constructive criticism, but if you think we're terrible, you know, let us know that as well. That's good to know. And we will uh, speak to you all tomorrow.